0: Welcome to Wildly Wealthy Life, the show that's all about exploring the different paths to a life of freedom and fulfillment, and how that ripples through your personal life, family life and to the community. Join husband and wife power couple, Lee and Kat Hughes, as they share people's stories from different backgrounds and lifestyles about what it means to live a life well lived. Tune in and take that first step to becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally here on wildly wealthy life
1: i realized that having skills having physical skills not only can you make money with it you can you know you can start a business if you have these skills it's pretty easy to start a business and the diy aspect of it is you can you can fix anything that goes wrong at your house you know if something breaks and in in you know it's the night before Christmas and something breaks in your house and you you can fix it, you know, you can take care of it and really feel good about it. And also I've been able to buy houses and I've owned two houses. I don't rent anything as yet. That's an area that I do want to get into, but the house that I'm living in now, we bought it very cheap.
2: Hello and welcome to Wildly Wealthy Life Podcast. My name is Kat and over to my right is my co-host and husband, Lee. (laughs) Lee, who do we have on today?
3: Well, today we have Tinian Crawford, Mr. Captain DIY himself. And I am so excited because as a fellow home DIYer,
2: (laughs) I'm
3: excited to hear about some of his different stories and outlooks on financial freedom and living his best wildly wealthy life. And Tinian, could you kick us off? Give us a little bit of an introduction about your background and who you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wow, what a what a great introduction. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I started, I guess you could say, I started not necessarily by choice. It was mostly, you know, my father wanted to build a barn. And so, you know, here's a hammer, off you go, we're building a barn today. And uh, so that was kind of my introduction into DIY. And, and you know, it's, my father's an old hippie lives out in the woods. And so it's, you know, if something's broken, you fix it, and you fix it however you can with whatever you have available. And That's just how it works. And so that was kind of the mentality that I had growing up. Um, I got away from that a little bit when I moved out of the house because, you know, people like to rebel a little bit from their parents when they move away, and I (laughs) I kind of backed off of that. I got a degree in graphic arts, and uh, I decided while i getting that degree that it meant sitting in front of a computer all day, and I hated that. And so that's when I kind of moved off into other fields, and uh, I got a job uh, working at a sign shop making signs, and it's, you know, it seemed like it was good at the time. Started to realize that it was kind of a dead end job. Um, and I thought about getting an electrical license just because the, a lot of the signs have electricity in them, you know, they're lit. And I thought it would be more valuable if I had an electrical license. Um, my wife caught wind of this and started sending me emails for local trade schools and stuff. And, uh, and so I, I went to one, I checked it out and I, I thought it was pretty cool. I signed up electrician work is it's great for me because I like to work with my hands and I also like creative problem solving. And so that, that kind of works well together. Things like, uh, carpentry, electrical work, plumbing, that kind of thing. They all have that, those elements to them and you can make really good money doing it, which is great. It's just, it's been a really beneficial decision for me. I've been able to provide my family with some great opportunities because of it and it's just worked out really well and so I'm, I'm very happy I made that choice I, I don't necessarily identify myself as an electrician you know I, I am an electrician for money I'm not an electrician in life but it's been a really great path for me to take and I, I try to push more people towards the trades and the vocational careers just because there's so many opportunities
3: yeah definitely definitely what do you think are some of the biggest lessons that you got? Cause as you were saying, like you, your dad kind of gave you a hammer and forced you out into the building of a barn. But from that though, what were some of the things that you, you picked up on? Cause it's like, you kind of rebelled, went into graphic design, but then kind of almost went back to what he kind of sent you out with. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, you know, it was not necessarily a conscious path for me to, to make this swing from one side to the other it just kind of ended up that way i guess i realized that having skills having physical skills not only can you make money with it you can you, know, you can start a business if you have these skills it's pretty easy to start a business and the diy aspect of it is you can you can fix anything that goes wrong at your house you know if something breaks in the and it, you know it's the night before christmas and something breaks in your house and you you can fix it you know you can take care of it and really feel good about it and also, I've been able to buy houses and I, I've owned two houses. I don't rent anything as of yet. That's an area that I do want to get into. But the house that I'm living in now, we bought it very cheap because it was a huge piece of junk. And so, these skills that I've developed over the years helped me turn our house in, from a pile of junk into a A nice house you know it's it's a great place that we really enjoy and it's and i get to look around and say yep i did this i put this all together you know i had help of course which is also nice but just the satisfaction of it is is amazing
2: that's awesome i think there's really something to i agree like putting your hands to work is there's really, I mean, Lee over here, like he also loves like DIY things and he always loves like building stuff here around the house. And, and I think that when you're self-sufficient like that, there's a lot of value in it, but also not, not just value in like what you can do for yourself, but also like you really like do save a lot of money. Like you said, you know, you're able to like buy maybe a cheaper house just because maybe there's some things in it that needs to be get work done. And you're the one that can you know, work on it, whereas other people probably will walk away from from a cheaper house because they, they're like, oh, we don't want to put our hands to that. So I think there's a lot of value in that. I also want to ask about, uh, from just reading about you, I, I think from my understanding is that your wife was a lot more um, aware about financial stuff. Is that is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. She's always been a saver. Um, <laughs>
2: since
1: she was a kid. She loved to save money and she always wanted to make sure to have a cushion. And, right you know i was not that yeah. way at all
2: so then i want to kind of pick your brain a little bit on that so you you married into you know with uh, in a, with someone who is a little bit more aware of those things right and then you're not how did that evolve for you and how how was your relationship together, especially when it comes to money, you know, I think it's really good to kind of bring that up as well because, you know, in a lot of relationships, money becomes an issue and sometimes when one is a saver and one isn't, how did you work through all of that differences and how you came about, you know, with your now wanting to kind of be on board?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it was, for me, I never really thought much about money beyond, you know, wanting to make enough to do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And for her, money was more of, a, of a, a feeling of comfort and security was having this money.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so with her having much stronger feelings about it than me, I think it was easy for, for her to say, you know, hey, listen, you know, our lives would be a lot better if we had this cushion just to make sure that, you know, if something bad happens, we have something that we can use to protect ourselves with it. And, and I, you know, I just, Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds good. And then, you know, eventually, you know, when we got into the financial independence thing, she started us down that rabbit hole and, uh, she got me on board. You know, I was, I'm, I'm working for, um, a state university as an electrician. And, you know, when I started, I was looking at, uh, it was about 34 years from when I started to when I could retire with my pension. And, uh, you know, and she said, "Well, you know, I found this this financial independence stuff. I think you should check it out." And so when I started looking at it, and I, was, I was like, "Oh, I don't have to work for thirty four years here. <laughs> this is amazing!" And th- then I was fully on board. That's awesome. That's
3: great. I know for myself too. I think uh, my wife and I have the same relationship as you and your wife. Because, <laughs> well, like, oh, we have money. Let's let's spend it. Uh, (laughs) Um,
4: wait a minute. And I'm the saver. I'm like, no,
3: no. But now I've got this little voice in my ear and I'm like, maybe I don't need that. All right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. What types of avenues do you and your wife maybe prefer to run when it, when it comes to the financial independence? Like are there certain streams of like income as they talk about that you kind of press into or?
1: Um, so as I mentioned earlier, we have been thinking about getting into rental properties. Mm -hmm. So far, we have been doing, I'm forgetting the name of it now, the index fund investing. That's that's basically, you know, I, so working for East University, I had I have access to a 457 account and a 403B. So I, I max out my 457. I'm not able to max out the 403B as well. But, you know, I put a little bit into that. And then we both put money into IRAs. And um, she has a retirement account as well through her job. So she works part-time as a school psychologist. And then she also has a private practice as a therapist. And so she puts in some money through her job and then she puts in some money through a, a Roth IRA. So it's, that's mostly where we've been at right now and, and kind of expanding income streams as well. Mm, awesome. That's and awesome. then
3: with your guys balance of your kind of like your day to day, do you have those conversations about like budgets and like weekly, monthly, or is it just, you, you've kind of got a, a system in place and you run with it.
1: Yeah, we're not super solid on, on budgets. We don't go too crazy with specifics. It's just, you know, we try not to spend money. You know, we if we're going to buy something, we're going to buy it on sale if possible. And, you know, if not, we're going to be very intentional about it. And My wife is really good at shopping, yeah. um, you know, getting the best deal for things. Yes, like and that's pretty much it you know it's our conversations are mostly around logistics rather than money it's it's you know any money conversation is going to be well it looks like we need a little bit more money in the the bank account so one of us will take a little bit out of our business account and put it into there and you know that's that's pretty much it she keeps an eye on like our personal capital account
4: Mm.
2: and,
1: and she'll show me what's going on with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. and uh and that's that's pretty much the extent of it.
2: Hmm. So let's go back a little bit to when you said that you you know she introduced you to camp uh phi and then you guys you you went right i think i, I saw on your blog that you had gone uh, another year have you been going a couple times or or was did you go two times and that was it
1: yeah so i've i've been a couple of times uh the first time i went i found on um oh it was on com. there was uh a raffle where they were they were saying there was a scholarship and, and you know you throw your name in the hat and you might get a free ticket to the Camp Fi. And so you know I was like I never win anything but I'll throw my name in the hat anyways. And and I won a ticket to it, which was awesome. And
4: uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was said to be
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, exactly. And and I got there at, and um Steven who runs the camp he's a super nice guy and you know he was like, Oh it's Captain DIY, I'm so glad you made it <laughs> I was like what are you talking about? Nobody knows me. I, I'm, I'm nobody. I have a blog that gets, you know, 30 hits a month. But, you know, <laughs> apparently he was reading my blog, so I was really excited about that. And then, uh, and then they had another one that I went to in Virginia after that, which was a lot of fun. And, and David of com, he, he invited me down to stay with his family the night before. They're just, those two brothers are just incredibly nice guys. And, uh, it was really a pleasure to meet them. And in fact, I am going to be, Speaking at Camp Fi in July in Colorado, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which I'm really excited about. I think that'll be a lot of fun.
2: That's awesome. So I guess in that vein, like just talking about, you know, going to these events, you know, I mean there's definitely like a whole FI movement that's going on around there. I personally have not gone to Campfi or, you know, FinCon or any of those events yet. And I would love to probably like this year. Um, But we really love to explore, you know, your own personal meaning of wealth, because obviously, sometimes when you go to these things, uh, a lot of people, you know, we're also different, and people live their lives so differently. And someone may have a meaning of wealth, that's like, Oh, let's buy all these things. And that's wealth. And then the other one might be, Oh, I'm just gonna live in the mountain by myself. And that's wealth, you know, and it's like, all these extremes and the in between, you know, and I really want to explore what is your personal meaning of true wealth and what a wildly wealthy life looks like for you.
1: Yeah, so, you know, uh, thinking about this, I think my number one aspect of living a wealthy life is having a strong community around you. Mm. Um, you know, and that's something that, like, the Camp Fi's are really good for. Uh, you know, and I've, a lot of people have said, you know, it seems kind of counterintuitive to spend $500 for this camp on financial independence and saving money. And, you know, I, I get that. I totally get that. Right. However, those camps definitely help build a strong sense of community. And you, I've made some incredible friends through these camps. That being said, that's not something that you have to do to build a strong community, of course. I mean, I, in my neighborhood, I have a very strong community. And, and I'm, you know, my wife and I are good friends with a lot of our neighbors on our street. There's a lot of kids that are same age as our kids. And, you know, that is wealth in so many ways it's not only is it just interpersonal connection which is huge it's also uh fail safes and backups you know there's times when you know it's like oh no i, I ran out of butter you know and so i could drive to the store and get butter or i can go next door to get butter or you know then that's like the the lowest version of that it, it also can go up to you know oh no i'm not going to make it home to the bus you know i can call up my neighbor and say, hey, can you can you get to the bus stop for me and get my kid and my kid knows my neighbor really well, so there's no problem with that. And that, you know, the, the amount of wealth that comes out of that, not necessarily monetary, but there is definitely some monetary gain from that, you know, if you look at it deep enough. But that that's definitely my number one aspect. I, I'm sitting, um, number two would be uh, a collection of skills that can provide useful services, not only to myself. My family, but the community around me. And, and that's where, uh, like, carpentry, electrical, um, any of these skills, you know, animal management, uh, child management, any of these skills come in incredibly handy. You know, it's in helping strengthen those community bonds. Because, like I said, you know, sometimes I'm the one calling my neighbor, sometimes the one my neighbor's calling me saying, you know, oh, I, need, I need to put a deadbolt in. Oh, yeah, okay, I can help you with that. And, <laughs> <That's awesome.
2: laughs> and if there's a zombie apocalypse, I would really want you to be on my phone. <laughs> 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 I want to be in my community.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's the po- that's the main point right
4: there.
3: Okay, yeah, the main point. <laughs> I like to um, that that value of community. I, I found recently so so immensely important. I I do a lot. I get, I get put in like leadership positions, and then sometimes you get isolated, and you kind of feel like you don't have um, the ability to ask for others because you're like kind of stirring oh, them easy. up and pouring into them and that sort of thing. Um, but recently I was in my, uh, my hometown actually, cause we have a, we have a, a rental out there and we were flipping it. And, uh, like day, day two that I was there, um, my father actually ended up passing away. So then I was just like, crap. Like <laughs> one side was, how do I deal with like my father passing? The other side is, uh, how do I get this apartment done? and Like the business end of things. Yeah taken care of but my family like i i haven't I, I hate asking for things but they they offered and said hey you know can we help you i'm like
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah i need this and yeah. the like i can't tell you like you the, i wouldn't ha- i would have paid anything actually in those moments so like that that point you just made is so so incredibly true and there's there's so much that you can you can get from that um Absolutely. What And it may sound kind of like a silly question, but what, what, do, you, what do you do to kind of foster that relationship with your, with your neighbors, with your communities?
2: Mm-hmm. Are there something maybe like really intentional that you do? Or sometimes some of those things come naturally for, for other people, you know, and for some it doesn't. So maybe, maybe for our listeners where it's not as um, natural for them, what do you do intentionally to really foster a strong and good community?
1: You know, that's a great question. And it's it's such a simple thing. I mean, you don't have to go crazy with this. Mm. Breaking bread with somebody mm. has, from the beginning of time, connected people. And, you know, like when your dad passed, food is, is one of those important things. When you're in a moment of darkness, you cannot think about food, but you still need it. Right. And so that's one thing that we've as a community in our neighborhood, we've very intentionally done is, you know, a neighbor of mine not too long ago had a heart attack, He's a young man, very healthy and out of nowhere had a heart attack. And, you know, we, the rest of us in the neighborhood that were all in this community, we, we kind of reached out to each other and said, okay, let's help. We're going to make them some food tonight. You make them some food tomorrow. And, and it was like two weeks worth of just bringing over meals and saying, okay, here's your dinner tonight. You don't have to worry about cooking. Here's your dinner tomorrow night. You don't have to worry about cooking. And that's such a load off your shoulders. When you're in a position like that, you know, it's the last thing you want to think about is having to cook dinner and having somebody bring you food. First of all, it takes that load off your shoulders. Second of all, you have this, this like, wow, this community is behind me, you know, and maybe I wasn't even very close to these people right before this, but now I have this connection that will always be there no matter what else happens in the future. And certainly if, you know, one of us goes through something like that, now those people are going to say, well, you know, we, we better go bring them a dinner because we need to help them out, you know, it's part of the community. And so food is the best thing in terms of building community.
2: Uh, I love that. And it's so simple and it's not, it's not even like, it's nothing expensive. It's literally just, just being mindful and caring enough to be able to do that. And I love that. So thank you for sharing that because actually it's funny that you bring that up because one of my friends who's a stunt guy, he actually just got injured. And so he just got out of um, surgery and all the stuff. And we totally like organized a whole meal train for him where, you know, basically every, every day, you know, someone could go out there and deliver some food for him. Because one of the things you can't do when you're fresh out of surgery is stand up and (laughs) get a knee surgery and stand up and, you know, um, make yourself some food. And, you know, he was really, really thankful and appreciative of, of that, you know, gesture. And so I totally agree that breaking bread, something as simple like that. And then it gives you a reason to, to go over there and visit and just sit with them, you know, and, and that's, that's really beautiful. So thanks for sharing that. Cause that's, yeah. that's yeah. really, re- yeah.
3: <laughs> so, um, in that line too, what kind of tools do you like to use to kind of reach your community? Cause I know you have your blog, I don't know if, like, maybe, like, your local community, like, you just go and, like, knock on neighbor's door and see if they're home and... <laughs>
2: would you like if, to say hi today or lot you're, you're sitting up going <laughs> <laughs> off today let me fix it for you <laughs> i guess what we're trying to say is we love exploring people's uh, hearts of like giving and you know a, i think a lot of like the community the fi community is really not just they're aware of their whys but their and their whys are a lot deeper than just you know accumulating things so we love exploring um at least a lot of the people that we've interviewed so far is people who really are such givers you know and so I guess we would just want to explore that as well like you know what areas in the community are you giving into aside from your blog which is so much value and so much like you know depth of like knowledge there
1: and fun and humor, and,
2: and fun and humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else uh, you know that you may want to share um
1: but you know for a lot of it I mean for, certainly for the close physical community you know it's just being there and being available and you know every once in a while just reach out and say hey how's it going you know or you know, when the weather is a little bit nicer, I'm in New England, so that, you know, we have six months a year where you can't go outside without freezing to death. <laughs> and, you know, when the weather gets a little bit nicer on Friday nights, we have a little happy hour where the neighbors come around, we hang out in the backyard, and maybe have a little fire, and we'll have some drinks and stuff. And, you know, whoever wants to come can come. And and that works great for for a very close uh, proximity community. And then, you know, so the the Choose FI there's local groups that do meetups and stuff, and uh, so there's a, a local Chooseify group in my area, and we do. We just actually started doing monthly meetups, mm-hmm. which has been really nice. Just getting to meet some new faces and and just kind of hang out for a little bit with people who you know have similar ideas and maybe have some questions about particular things. And there's some people that are more knowledgeable in certain areas than others, and and we can kind of bounce ideas off each other and stuff. So that's a really, really great way. To connect um, and give back too. Also, you know these certainly in the sense of developing a a physical skill like becoming an electrician or learning woodworking skills or something like that. You know, it's my neighbors know that they can call me if (laughs) they have an issue. You know, and I've been called several times by neighbors. Oh, you know this this light switch doesn't work anymore, you know, and and I don't really know what's going on with it. And so I can go over there and check it out. And yep, okay, I'll just swap out the light switch for you. It'll take me five minutes. And I'll save you, you know, $150. You don't have to call an electrician. And then, you know, a couple days later, there's a six pack of beer on my doorstep that wasn't there when I left. (laughs) You know, it's things like that, where it just kind of goes back and forth. And then, you know, I'll call them, oh, I'm in a jam, you know, it's, my kids are driving me up the wall and we've been inside for two days. And like, oh yeah, send one down here, you know, we'll, we'll take them out somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, it's these, it's, you know, the more you want, the more you need to give. Uh, you know, if you give more, you get more. And that's just kind of the way things work in the world. It's right. It, it, yeah. It's just kind of the way the universe works, whether or not it's meant to be, it just works out. If you give a lot of yourself, you tend to get a lot back from other people.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. What would you say is like the kind of legacy that you really would like to leave, you know, like to your family, to your community, to your friends, to your children. You know, we also love to kind of explore, you know, again, like we're, we're here like for such a very short amount of time, you know, we work so hard to, to establish this financial freedom and it's amazing, you know, but uh, like we interviewed someone this, this past week and she was like, yeah, we hit our number. And as soon as we hit our number, it's like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's so true. It's like, now what? Like if you really don't have like a clear picture of the kind of legacy that you want to build, sometimes you can get stuck and just kind of <laughs> not really understand anymore why you were even working so hard to, to reach that number.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, that's like, that's yeah. a good one.
2: Yeah. Legacy. Would you like to, you know, leave behind?
1: Yeah. You know, so, you know, a life lived is basically a, a collection of skills And so a large part of what I would like to leave behind is I would like to pass on my collection of skills. You know, and that's, I drag my kids into the garage and have them swing hammers with me and stuff. And, you know, these are skills that I want to pass on. Whether or not they end up using them in their life, it doesn't really matter. Just the fact that they have experience with a tool in their hand makes a big difference to me. And then also just the concept of prioritizing life over anything else. I mean, I, I wrote a blog post a while back about this, but uh, I think it was called um, Captain DIY Screws Up At Life. Because um, <laughs> that was, so my, and, and the, the point of that <clears throat> blog post was my evolution in the financial independence headspace, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and I, and I feel like this is a pretty common evolution. You, you, you find out about financial independence, Holy cow, this is amazing. I want to retire next week. All right, I'm cutting out everything and I'm gonna live a Spartan lifestyle. And you do that for a month or two. I'm like, wow, this sucks. And then so, you know, then it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna reintroduce some stuff in my life, or you just drop out completely. Just like, ah, no, that was too much, you know, that was too hard. I don't wanna do that anymore. And so it's this kind of this roller coaster of figuring that out, of finding that balance between life and work and that blog post I wrote because I was realizing that I had screwed up. I was working all the time and I was mm-hmm. so focused on making money so that I could be financially independent that my kids were growing up without me. And you know, my, uh, my father-in-law is a, is a, <laughs> he's a really funny guy. He's a, he's a great, great influence on in my life. His father died at 64. My father-in-law is almost 70 now. And, uh, So he's, he's like, "Ah, I'm living on borrowed time. But his, his main point is time is everything. You can always make money. You can never make time. So, you know, it's financial independence is great and definitely go into it and don't let it swallow your life. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the legacy that I want to leave for my kids is, you know, don't let the pursuit of anything swallow your life. It's, wow. solid. it's good.
2: <laughs> that's actually really, really good. And my like <laughs> <laughs> <Mike laughs> no yeah, that's right. of <laughs> of your That is so good.
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And on on that kind of note, I guess you you have a lot of awesome nuggets all the way through your blog post. Could you could you take us through a little bit of what what got that spark? What was it? I where did that idea come from to even start start that blog for you?
1: Well, you know, i I've I've always been Pretty good at writing. Uh, you know, my wife was always saying, my mother too, oh, you should do some writing. You know, you've always been good at it. And I never really had a venue for it. I started a blog actually a little bit before that one that was just kind of a lifestyle blog and just writing about whatever popped into my head, mostly about parenthood. And that one, my mother made a comment. She's like, oh, your blog posts are so serious. <laughs> you, know, you have humor use your humor and, and i was like oh you know writing about parenthood for whatever reason just brings out seriousness and so then i got into the financial independence stuff and i was like oh this is really cool I, I feel like i i could add something to this but i'm not really sure what and thinking about it for a while like oh yeah you know i guess the like the physical skills and you know vocational skills and that kind of stuff i, I could do something about that i think i could see how that would tie in and Mm-hmm. And I came up with the DIY to fly thing and, and, you know, it was this ridiculous captain DIY name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was, I was,
3: I was like, how is that, how did nobody else take that already? Like, <laughs> 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 so good. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just, I love too. like your, your influence on your kids. Like I know for myself, like with my, with my dad, he, I would begrudgingly sometimes go and like fix the brakes on our car uh, we would put a stove in we built like a 20 by 20 eh, It's like 20 by 10 deck off the back of the house and just all this other stuff and i was always like some, i mean sometimes i'd be excited but other times <laughs> we'd be like, oh, all right dad yeah i'll help you. okay let's go let's go let's go but was kind of the truck driver too and he was like away all the time so when it was that time it was kind of like oh that's that's our time mm-hmm. and then um i mean just so you know like the impact you're leaving on your kid because you know now when i moved away when you know I mean we're in California now mm-hmm. um but the uh the amount of uh value that I've picked up from all the things that my dad kind of showed me or like influenced me to like go out and learn how to do like if you're adding so not only to I mean your son and the people who read your blog but just there's such a community that need that kind of knowledge and wisdom so just like thank you for putting that out there um and also just the humor that I don't know I really like <laughs> you know, I've been having a lot of fun with that and just watching like what is, what is your son um Everybody looks at the his Instagram, or Captain DIY right now. Uh, you're teaching your son how to do, like, some blacksmithing too right
1: now? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really teaching him. I don't know anything about it. I'm okay. teaching myself how to do yeah. some blacksmithing. And, you know, it's, it's it's such a fun thing for a kid to do because, like, you can't screw up that bad. I mean, it's just you take a piece of metal, you get it red hot, and you hit it with a hammer a bunch, and you see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, it's, we've had some fun with it. and And he does it, you know. He'll come out with me to the garage for, you know, five or 10 minutes or so, and he'll bang away on it a little bit. And then, you know, it's, it's not a finished product yet. So he gets bored of it and, and he goes away.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know,
1: that's fine. That's all you really need. It's just, just a little bit. He's, I'm not expecting him to, you know, become a professional blacksmith or anything, but yeah, you know, it's we just go out there and we have a little bit of fun and, and he doesn't do it very often. And when he does, he does it for a very little time and then he goes away and yeah, and it's great.
2: Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they're just moments, you know, I mean, they're little moments. And then if you look back, sometimes we remember just little moments. We don't really remember like these massive, you know, crazy line of stories. You know, sometimes we just remember like little things with our parents. And so it's awesome that you're doing that because I'm sure that someday we will be like, Oh, yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> did that one time, a long time ago. <laughs> Don't know That's right. you know? <laughs> yeah, so, um, so for people to live like their own personal version of a wildly wealthy life, uh, what are your three actionable tips that you would kind of advise our audience?
1: So, my number one tip this is a quote that I saw recently that I absolutely love mm. be brave enough to suck at something new. There's so much
0: humility in picking up a new skill. By way of example, we do
1: this ski club through the kids' school. So every Friday night, we go out to the mountain and we go skiing with the kids. I'm a snowboarder and I have been for 30 years, and I realized that snowboarding sucks when you're trying to teach your kids how to ski. It's really difficult. You know, <laughs> you're going on the bunny hill, you're going on the little hills, and you're spending all your time strapping in and unbuckling. And it's just awful. And so you know, I was, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go skiing. I'm gonna get some skis. And uh, the community came through. I I got a pair of skis donated from a friend of mine who had an extra, and a pair of boots donated. So I, I didn't have to buy anything for it, which was great. And so now you know, instead of flying down the mountain and looking all cool on a snowboard, I am absolutely sucking on a pair of skis.
4: <laughs>
1: and, uh, so you know, it, it's just learning how to suck at something new. Not only do you develop a new skill, which that is going to be the, the point of my, my talk at Camp Fi, is the correlation between happiness and the pursuit of development of new physical skills.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, the, the satisfaction that comes with stretching your comfort zone and trying something new. Uh, there's, there's that aspect. There's also the character growth that comes from eating a slice of humble pie. Mm-hmm. You know and and yeah, you're not gonna look cool doing that thing and yeah, that's good for you You can't always look cool. You know as everybody wants to look cool. Everybody wants to put their best face on Instagram but <laughs> You know if you don't try something new and suck at it Then you're only gonna be cool at that one thing and you're never gonna get past it. Yeah, so that, that's action tip number one tip number two that I found worked for me is to put your intentions out to the universe You know, I'm not a particularly spiritual person, but um, I have noticed that, you know, when I am looking to do something, whatever it might be, you know, I I built a gym in my garage so I could work out out there. And when I was looking for fitness equipment, you know, all of a sudden I found it everywhere. I found an exercise bike on the side of the road for free. I found a whole bunch of weight equipment, you know, on the side of the road for free. So, you know, when when you put your intentions out to the universe, it seems like, the universe gives back to you and kind of recognizes that. And all of a sudden people are like, Hey, you no, know, I, I happened to find this spare, you know, ball peen Oh yeah. I was looking for a ball peen hammer for the longest time. And Hey, look at that. Now I have one, you know? Yeah. So that, that's, that seems to work really well for me. And I think I'm probably not the only one that that works well for. So that's, sure. that's my second action tip. And my third action tip would be start small and avoid lofty aspirations at first you know and i i certainly have a tendency when i want to start something new when i started blacksmithing for the first time you know i was like all right this is it i'm going to be a pro blacksmith i'm going to make a four-foot katana that's going to you know rival the best samurai swords right (laughs) and yeah and then you know i quickly (laughs) realized (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah right (laughs) keep waiting. It'll be a while. (laughs) Because I realized that, you know, that's people take 25 years of hard work to get to a skill level like that. I'm not going to do that, you know, on three weekends of blacksmithing in my garage. And so starting small and, you know, small project, regardless of what skill you're learning, Mm -hmm. if you start with a small, simple project, then You get that satisfaction of having completed something, say, yes, I did this, I made this thing, whatever it is, and I actually did a halfway decent job at it because I picked a super simple project. You know, instead of just mangling a really complex project, you know, if you if you recognize that, yeah, I'm not gonna be the world's best blacksmith next year or ever, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, it's then okay, so I can start small and I can set myself up for these little wins
4: yeah
1: and then as that progresses then you know in 10 years i'll look back and be like oh wow i'm actually you know a halfway decent blacksmith now you know and that's that goes for the development of any new skill you, you start small you get these little wins and 10 years from now you look back and you go wow i've, I've come a long way
4: yeah.
3: yeah, I found that in so many different things when it comes to like home construction and repair and that. There's like I will jump into something and turn it into a wonderful uh, mess,
4: and then <laughs> you
3: know, humbly bring somebody in to kind of like go over and show me the right way to do something. Um, but an example, we have a. We should get turn the camera. We have like a fire pit outside, and I uh, just you know simple brick and stuff it was the first time using like mortar, and it is a interesting little pile of. <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> But uh that also helped me like be able to just have the confidence in doing it and practicing it. And then uh, we had a leak in our bathroom and then I had to gut the whole thing and then ended up tiling the uh the shower and everything and I was like, Hey, this is actually I think I did okay with yeah. this one. But it's yeah. like nice. the practice and the the humble pie is for sure there. Yep. <laughs> for sure. One of the and best things <laughs> I have on a and I'm showering daily down. basis. So.
2: <laughs> I'm showering and I look over. I'm like, oh, look at that. That's a little bit off. Yeah. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> not perfect.
1: Not perfect. Not okay. <laughs> but oh. it came but It's good. It's still <laughs> well,
2: good.
4: Well,
1: that's the thing. It's not perfect, but you did it.
2: And you yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> so fun.
2: <laughs> okay. So we're coming up on our quick 10. So quick are the rapid fire questions that we ask ask all our guests. And we want you to basically say the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't censor it. Some of the questions are kind of um, related to our topic. Yeah, don't censor it. It's fine. And then some of them are just random fun things that we want to ask our guests or get to know about our guests. And keep your answers as short as possible, nice and concise. And are you ready? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Number one, if you could choose one book to live by, what would it be?
1: Oh, uh, what doesn't kill us by kill us. it's a Scott. Uh, I'm not going to remember his name. now. it's about the Wim Hof method. Okay. And, uh, yeah. That was a fantastic book.
3: We'll
4: we'll put the link in,
3: yeah. We'll put the link in the description below. So personal hero, living deceased, someone maybe, you know, or you don't know.
1: Ooh. Oh man, that has changed so many times over the course of my life. Uh teenage me would say Jimi Hendrix.
2: The teenage Tinian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah. Current me, I I don't I don't know. I don't have anyone in particular. There's just so many.
2: All right, we'll go with Jimi Hendrix. Number three, the one thing you intentionally have to do every day.
1: Uh exercise.
2: Exercise. Nice one.
1: Hobby that brings you the most joy. Currently, blacksmithing.
2: Blacksmithing. Yeah. All right, number five. Most rewarding thing you've done for someone in need?
1: Oh, I have done some electrical work for people that have been friends of mine and or parents of friends of mine, and it's just felt so incredibly good to help these people out. And, you know, my, my best friend's parents, who I grew up next door to, he is suffering from dementia right now, and, and they don't have any money, and they had an electrical issue and so it just felt so good to be able to go over there and take care of that for them.
3: That's yes. amazing.
1: That's really good. Next one is uh, first movie quote that pops in your head. First movie quote
2: mm-hmm. that
1: comes to Oh, your- oh. oh boy! Uh, I was just talking about the Blues Brothers movie with my dad last night. That's yes. that's a movie that I've seen. I don't know how many hundreds of times, but pretty much anything in there. I think the best one is uh, is in the when they're they pull up to the to the dive bar that they're going to play at, and he says, "Olá." Oh, I'll talk to Bob. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but that just resonates with me. <laughs> <laughs> does that. Right before amazing, like
3: uh, a roha- uh, rawhide scene and everything yes. else. <laughs> oh, yes. Such a good movie. <laughs> such
2: a good movie. Right. <laughs> Number seven, last big purchase you've made for yourself.
1: The last big purchase. Uh, I haven't really made a big one recently. I'd say the, the biggest one that we made was the hot tub. That was a couple of years ago. And that, that's been amazing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh food you cannot live without. Hmm. I'm not really picky about food. I could I mean if I if I had to pick, I'd go with cheeseburgers. All right. Oh, Love well, me a cheeseburger. Solid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> solid. <laughs> All right, number nine, what is your spirit animal?
1: <sighs> oh man, these are tricky. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> I, you know, I guess I, I'd, I'd love to pick something cool, like a wolf or a hawk or something, but it's, in reality, it's probably more like a hedgehog or something.
4: <laughs> hedgehog, okay. Oh, oh hedgehog.
3: Awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so l- number 10, the last one. These go by quick sometimes. If I'm stuck on an island by myself, dot, 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 how would you finish that sentence?
1: Uh, I'd bring a boat. <laughs>
2: You'd bring a boat. Okay, that's great.
3: genius.
1: Man so genius. you knew
2: that you were going to be stuck on the island by yourself.
1: Although I guess that kind of negates the question because then I wouldn't be stuck on the island, right?
4: <laughs> it <laughs> is <laughs> all, all good. Great.
1: That's good.
2: Awesome. I love your answers. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so Tinian, where can people find out more about you? And if there is maybe um, – like one area or maybe a charity or something or whatever it is that you love supporting in your community that you may kind of want to share that maybe people can learn about and also support. Uh, what would that be?
1: So one thing that I found out recently exists and I wrote an article about it on my website is uh tool libraries where you can just go and borrow a tool, just like a library lends out books and then you can use the tool and you bring it back to the tool library, which yeah, that's, such a cool idea. And so, you know, I think everybody should work on this. And if you have an extra tool, you know, find a local tool library and donate it. Wow. That that's is such a great idea. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So I, I wrote an article about it a, a couple of months ago. Actually, it's probably been a while ago because I I, wrote, I write two articles a year these days. But yeah, so my, my website is DIY2FI.com, DIY2FI.com. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter at DIY Captain and I'm fairly active on Instagram at DIY Captain as well as Tinian Crawford. Terribly active on Facebook though. <laughs> sorry.
4: Sorry,
3: <laughs> no sorry. No
1: awesome. um, our You'd mentioned the Fi Camp, but where else could people look for you?
2: Yeah, so. Yeah, at uh, uh, F- Camp Fi.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I'll be speaking at uh, Camp FI in Colorado City in July. Uh, there's two weeks. I'll be at week two. Um, I don't remember the dates off the top of my head, mid-July, late July, something like that. Other than that, I don't really have any engagements uh, set up. I'm not really a public figure in that sense. But I, I live in Western Massachusetts, and uh, I'm the admin of the local Choose Western Massachusetts Facebook group. So if anybody's in the area and they want to hook up, you know, come swing by that Facebook group and uh, we do our meetups once a month or so, I, usually on the uh, last Thursday of the month or something like that. And uh, yeah, hit me up. It'd be great to meet some new new people. Awesome.
2: awesome. Wow. Thank you so much, Sinyan, for joining us today. You shared so many great nuggets. I really, really love everything that you shared. So yeah. We, yeah. i really happy to happy. be
3: able to meet you too and just hear a little bit of your heart and kind of what, you know, what community, what wealth. And that really means to you and how you share that with your, your friends and family in the area. So thanks again.
1: <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice. Yeah, awesome. No worries. Wow.
2: That was a very, very insightful talk with Tinian Crawford. I love that his number one indicator for a wildly wealthy life is having a strong community and how breaking bread is a very simple way to just build solid ties with your community.
3: And I really like the the look at life as a collection of skills and how that can help you save money in your own life, but also how that really can make an impact on the community around you.
2: Well, our next podcast, we have Gino Barbaro. He's an entrepreneur. He's a life coach. He's a full-time real estate investor. He's an author. He's owned over 1,500 units on top of being an amazing father of six. Really can't wait to dig in with Gino as to how he's had a successful career on top of just being an amazing father and husband. So we'll see you then.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of wildly wealthy life. We hope that this episode has helped you take another step towards living fully giving freely and building a legacy that deeply impacts your community. We'd love to hear what you think about today's show. Please leave us a review or like us on iTunes and YouTube and click the subscribe button so you won't miss a show. You can also visit us at wildlywealthylife.com for today's show notes. See you on our next episode. Thank you and may you live a wildly wealthy life.